0: Hello and
1: welcome to the Minnesota Family Law Podcast, the podcast by, with, for, and about Minnesota family law attorneys. Um, Today I have two uh, guests who had something unique in common, and uh, they hadn't met before, but uh, they both relocated to Minnesota and had to kind of restart and rebuild uh, their uh, new practices. And so I thought their stories would be really interesting, um, how they each came about it and what they each did separately and, and some of the commonalities. So first, um, I think I'll start with uh, uh, Jennifer Stevens, um, who I, I met, just started running into <laughs> at things, and she started making herself very visible. And uh, um, she she chose the solo route, and we'll get a little more information from her shortly. And then um, Liz Hartwell, who um, landed in the Twin Cities and and looked for, you know, to work at a At a firm and now she's landed at a very big firm so um, we'll hear her story as well so um maybe i'll start with jennifer this time jennifer what uh, you know how what's your story how did you get here and and how did that how that all come about
2: yeah sure well thanks tom for first of all thank you for having having us on today it's very exciting um so i started my my career, my law career in Indiana, after graduating from law school. And I practiced there for about eight years, had my third baby, and we decided it was time to come home to Minnesota. And, um, you know, as we were planning for what I was going to do after moving and waving into the bar here, you know, I, I was interviewing. I thought I would go work for somebody else and it just turned out that it was not going to fit with my lifestyle and being a mom and a mom of three young girls I needed more flexibility. So I decided that um, that was a good time to kind of explore opening my own firm and in in doing that I really wanted to meet uh, people in the south metro other divorce attorneys in the south metro that um, practice family law and could kind of give me some insight into having their own practice and what it was like to practice in um, the south metro so i just was super vulnerable and started cold emailing a bunch of attorneys asking them to meet me for coffee and um, just meeting as many people as possible, and then at the same time, trying to navigate a new area of um, a new, well, new laws, essentially, um, learning the Minnesota way. So I was attending all of the CLEs and uh, like your first divorce, which seemed really odd to me to be starting, uh, felt like I was starting over. Um, How many but years have you w- been
1: practicing when you moved here?
2: Um, I was practicing for about eight years before okay. I moved here.
1: So you were well yep. into it.
2: <laughs> I was well into it, yeah. So it was—it felt weird to be uh, starting over, essentially. Um, you know, the family law is, you know, the same. Families are the same in one state over the next state. So a lot of what I was doing was very... Very familiar and the same. It was just having to learn a new code, new statutes, new way of doing it—the uh, Minnesota way. So, so um, yeah.
1: So, Liz, why don't you explain kind of your your journey uh, to to joining yeah. us here?
0: Well, thanks for having me here. It's fun to be here with both of you. Um, so, I actually grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where I was practicing previously. I had not thought that I would return there after college. I, My whole family is in the Midwest and my I always think of myself as being from the Midwest, even though I grew up in New Mexico. But I went to college and law school in Minnesota and had intended to stay, but some family circumstances brought me and my husband to New Mexico. And uh, I actually moved there right after law school graduation. And so I took the New Mexico bar. I had not taken the Minnesota bar. And uh, it was intended to be sort of a temporary pit stop. Uh, We were going to be in New Mexico for just a few years. But I fell into a really terrific firm down there. Absolutely loved it. And I was there for longer than anticipated. I practiced there for over 11 years before We decided that it was the right time to bring our family back to the Midwest and we relocated here in 2018. And so at that point, I had been practicing for over 11 years and, like Jennifer, had to relearn uh, not only different states' law, but just the different ways of doing things. Of course, Minnesota is really lucky to have so many great resources and processes at its disposal. And, um, you know, in New Mexico, there, anytime I talk to my friends there about the differences in practice here, everybody is amazed at all of the early neutral evaluations and, and all the different options that we have for settling cases. But, you know, I did have to learn that alphabet soup of all those acronyms and, and New Mexico is also community property state. So I had to, uh, learn the differences there. Um, you know, I, it was just, um, the way that I sort of fell into where I am now is is a longer story too, but I didn't have, um, I, it never crossed my mind to start my own firm. I was managing partner of my firm in New Mexico And uh, it was a smaller firm and I loved being able to practice and didn't so much love being a business owner um, and and running the the firm. And I also just needed to have a more steady income. My husband is a freelance musician. And so I didn't have total flexibility to start my own firm and didn't really want to so I uh, was really lucky to find a firm that was willing to take me on and hire me and and bring me across the country and then I was there a couple years and then uh, just started at Best in Flanagan in December uh, during the pandemic here so uh, and that has been also a change because as you mentioned it's a, a really big firm I don't think it's a big, big law firm by law firm standards, but certainly to those of us that practice family law, it's pretty huge. So um, that's been a change as well. But, um, you know, I was really fortunate to have gone to law school here and to have um, those people in my community already. I just, I admire you so much, Jennifer, to start over in a place where you didn't have those connections with your law school colleagues because we all know the people we go to law school with uh, become our future colleagues. And so I was really lucky to have some people that I could call up and uh, pick their brains and kind of get some intel on what firms might be hiring and what firms might be good to work for. And um, I really, after we got a list put together for me of people that I might wanna talk to, I did the same thing where I sent out cold emails, just introducing myself and um, asking if I could if we could have a phone call and if I could meet them and just chat with them about what opportunities might be available. So I, I was lucky to have a little bit of a springboard with people that I knew, but I didn't know a lot of people in the family law community before I moved here. So I started building those relationships, even just before moving here, just to find a job. But then since I've been here, certainly to continue getting to know people and putting myself out there and meeting people.
1: Yeah. I- you know, it's obviously hard enough to to start a practice. I mean, I did that twenty almost twenty seven years ago, and I I too found the bar really welcoming. I mean, you know, my my opposing counsels were, while challenging, <laughs> in court, those were the the days of the really nasty letters and you, you, you fought and you sent a stack of mail out every day and that's how you knew how good a day you had and, and how much <laughs> mail you got was how, you know, how, how good a day you were going to have <laughs> the next day, but hey. <laughs> um, it was a whole different way of doing things. But despite that, I mean, you know, the, those people are, are still my friends um, and right they, they were from the beginning and, you know, I would get, I'd get the cases that, you know, like Moss and Barnett was a small case for them, was a big case for me. So, um, you know, but I, I agree. I had the advantage of growing up here. And so I grew up in St. Paul and that's where my office, that's where I, I started and I'm still in that area. Um, so Jennifer, how did you get cases? I mean, how, how did you, how did you do it?
2: You know, it, it, it was just some marketing. I, um, you know, I did some local marketing, and I created my own website, and just kind of put myself out there, uh, meeting new people. Uh, I don't know, honestly, I don't know it, it. I rely on the phone ringing, and I and I'm really referral based too. So once you get that one good client that really likes you, and it just kind of snowballs from there. Um, it really does. And it, it, I've been very fortunate in that, in that way. Um, my husband grew up in Burnsville where my office is. And okay. so we have some connections to the community and, you know, it's, it, I went to undergrad at the U of M. So I have some okay. way back connections. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it was, it was challenging, but it was also, I could take my time. I could take my time and um, really build something that I knew I wanted. What I what I wanted it to look like.
1: So, Liz, I mean, you came into a firm at a certain level, you know, eleven years experience, and you know, kind of, kind of cold. Um, I mean, how? I assume they had some expectations, and you know, how could how did you guys structure things so that you could meet the firm's expectations?
0: oh that's a good question i mean sure they they wanted me to do good work and they were really um, generous with their time in terms of um answering my questions and helping me understand the differences between two states laws um and lamers is where i was previously and they have a really great team-based approach where um, they don't necessarily assign one attorney to one client but everybody. Pitches in and helps each other work on lots of cases, so it was a great structure for me to learn what so I could be observed, and I could also observe uh, my colleagues, how they took a case from start to finish, and they would. They were very generous at in introducing me to different mediators, and it was really nice to be able to draw on their expertise and ask, you know, who do you think would be a good mediator for this case, those kinds of things. Those are the things that I find so challenging. It's just to not have those names quite at the top of my brain always. You know, I, I haven't practiced here long enough where I've gotten to work with everybody and know who might be a good fit for the case. but. Um, you know, I think in terms of meeting expectations, it's just constant communication and and needing to understand. You know, I need to do good work and to bring in enough of my own work, but also I was there to support them and to um, to really pitch in on their cases and their clients as well. So it, that's a just a communication um, that needs to happen across the board and. Um, They were certainly very generous with me and uh, I learned a lot from being there, so it was, but they took a chance on me for sure. You know, I, I think I had been practicing a while and had accomplished uh, some things in New Mexico, but they didn't know me. They didn't know my work product and it's not like hiring a lateral where, you know, they've, they'd worked with me on cases and you know, they couldn't say to themselves, we've always really liked having Liz as opposing counsel. So be great to have her on our team. I mean, they didn't have the benefit of that. Um, so it was very generous of them to offer me a job.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not often that, you know, there's 11 year attorneys available, <laughs> but right. yeah, it's that extra challenge of, you know, learning the law and, and not being as tied into the community. It's, uh, it, you know, I I can appreciate that they are kind of taking a chance and yeah, <laughs> obviously, um, so what what do you see the differences? I mean, what do you like about your new firm? It, you know, in my in my vision, that's a very big firm. But I obviously,
0: I too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the I I really love a lot of the um, just the way that different attorneys from different practice areas work together and of course i've only been here since december and so i haven't even had the benefit of getting to know my colleagues in different practice areas in person you know i've tried to introduce myself online, but, um, I haven't been here where we're all in the office together. Um, so I'll be able to answer that question a little bit better in a a few more weeks or months. But, um, you know, it is really, really nice to have the benefit of other practice areas just down the hall, as it were, um, you know, if I have questions about estate or real estate or, um, tax or something like that, there's always somebody that's available. And I think that's a marketing advantage as well, where best in Flanagan has been around almost a hundred years and has really great clients and clients that have been with the firm for a long time. And so those are referral sources for me too. where, you know, my colleagues can refer family law cases my way, and I likewise can refer business cases and estate planning cases and things like that. So that's a really rich source of referrals uh, for all of us and i just really you know having managed my own firm um, in new mexico there were five or six attorneys at any one time so it wasn't a solo practice but um you know it's a small enough firm and we were sort of old school where if, you know, if the fax machine broke, I had to take time out of my day and go to Best Buy with a credit card and figure out what we were doing, you know, but those kinds of things don't happen at a big firm. So I do appreciate uh, just having some infrastructure. <laughs> it's so a really nice Jennifer, benefit.
1: I mean, Liz talked about the, you know, the support network, you can kind of, it, it's built in when you're, when you're in a firm. I mean, how, how do you uh, get get that kind of support?
2: yeah you know i i was gonna say that i came from a firm that was very similar to that in indiana we had someone in our firm that practiced in every area of law and you know you do you get that question you just go down the hall so in in my situation here being a solo i was forced to make new connections and that's kind of part of the networking piece that I had to do when I moved here and opened up my firm. And I was meeting all of these other attorneys that were practicing in other areas of law that were also solo attorneys. And it was actually really, really kind of fun. Networking is not my jam. And I was actually really enjoying it and meeting all these other attorneys who are really um very helpful and wanting to help um whenever i had a question like for real estate or bankruptcy other issues that that tend to come up in in divorce situations so yeah i truly credit um that networking piece to being able to build my practice and then also you know the referrals come from them as well that they might get a referral for a divorce attorney and and if i'm on their mind they might say you know, contact Jennifer. Um, I've worked with her before. Um, So yeah, I would, I would say, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, it's tougher than being able to walk just down the hall, but it's you, it's still doable and um, really rewarding um, as well. So that I would, I would say that piece, the networking piece with, um, you know, Different bar events and then other attorneys in your area and outside of your practice area and then also volunteering my time. I did a lot of volunteering after I um, was licensed here. Um, I volunteered. I took pro bono cases and with Dakota County legal aid and then I also volunteered for the Ramsey County volunteer mediation program and um, I credit those two programs as well for getting my name out there.
1: You know, I, I, when I started, you know, I had no kids. And um, shortly after that, we did. And I, I just, I have to say, I found the bar extremely supportive. I was solo when our first one was born, I remember. And I remember, you know, having to make a bunch of calls saying, we're about to have a kid. And, every, I mean, people, like, jumped in. You know, i have been in in practice just a matter of a few years. And people are very supportive and helpful. Um, and so I, I was just, you know, somewhat i don't know stunned cuz we're in a kind of a competitive business here um you know liz how have you found um you know, ch- you know coming up on mother's day so <laughs> i ask how have you found the the working parent um piece and and being a litigation lawyer how's that work
0: Well, I got to experience that firsthand last week because we were going to do this uh, podcast last Thursday and I found out that my daughter's one and only track meet was happening at the same time. So I just contacted you and asked if there was any chance we could kind of fudge it or do it a little bit differently. And you without hesitation or my even asking for it, you suggested that we just move it to this week. So that kind of flexibility and generosity. Thank you both so much for doing that. But, um, you know, I've really experienced that from so many colleagues. And I think um, you know, especially in this past year, um, we're all learning to be flexible with each other, even more so than we were before. But, um, you know, I I can't complain about my work-life balance. I have a husband who's a stay-at-home dad and really terrific at it. So um, I don't have <laughs> a lot of the childcare challenges and things that other people do. Um, so I am really, really lucky in that regard. I still wanna be mom, of course. So I um, I take time away to go to pediatrician appointments and parent-teacher conferences and all those same things. but. I think there's an understanding that um, you know we don't get our work always done between the hours of nine and five in our offices. I mean sometimes it just means um, cutting corners and and doing work after the kids are in bed or early in the morning but um, I try really hard to have boundaries in my professional life too because I think it's you know especially doing family law we see the effects of not uh, prioritizing family. So I really do try to um, keep that boundary around my family and not to do too much work at home. But um, I'm really lucky to have a ton of support.
1: So Jennifer, what what have you experienced? I, I'll I'll say I had my mom was my receptionist for many years, and so sick kid we had we had a plan. <laughs> if I if I couldn't be there, my <laughs> wife couldn't be there. Grandma was available, but. Um, How, you know, how have you done, how have you done parenting?
2: I've employed a nanny from day one. I would not, I would not be able to practice law and do what I love if I, if it wasn't for the nannies in my life. I, you know, they're, they're kind of like the second mothers. So, and you know, my, my first experience with, um, when my first child was born, I was, I was practicing in Indiana. And the firm that I worked for was amazing. Uh, my my immediate boss was a female. She totally understood. She, she had kids too. And most of the other attorneys had kids. They, they just understood that you need to have balance in your, your life in order to be a, a good attorney. So I've had really good, um, really good luck there. When I moved to Minnesota, um, you know, I didn't. I didn't have backup. So it was, it was me until we got my husband settled in his job. And then I just felt the pull that I needed to, um, I needed to be practicing again, because that, you know, you put all that work into it and you love what you do. Um, I was really looking forward to getting back into it and having, having more variety in my life too. So, so yeah, I wouldn't do it without the, without the help that I've had.
0: I love how you mentioned uh, your firm, too, because I think, you know, that's so important for a firm to set that culture. And we have a female managing partner at my firm who's a mom. And, you know, it really means a lot when the tone from the top down is set that we understand that family is important. And we agree that it's part of who you are and we support that. And we no mom could do what she does without that.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And like you said, getting, getting, you might be in the office, you know, a shorter time period during the day, but, but they all know you're getting on the computer at night when the kids go to bed. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just how you, how you do it. So um, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's super rewarding and to be able to do both is amazing.
1: My, my law partner, Dan O'Connell, you know, great guy, great dad. He coached his kids baseball teams there, you know, there's grade school and, and uh, junior high baseball teams. And so his routine was, you know, he'd leave work at whenever he needed to, at, you know, three or four to, to be there. And then he, his routine was he would do emails at 10 o'clock at night. And so, you know, he's in his sixties, he's a grand grandpa now, but, but, Mm-hmm. He still has that routine. It seems like that you know we get we get responses to our emails at 10, 11 at night, and that's that's just his routine because he you know the evening was was uh, family time and and then he had to kick it back in for a little bit and um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I think you know obviously that that was even he's like 10 years older than me so that that mm-hmm. has been a thing <laughs> and I'm yeah. glad to hear that you're having good experiences with that. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And you just you make adjustments along the way as things change, and your kids get a little older. And, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to start my solo practice before my kids were all in grade school, I still have one, one left in pre K, she'll go to kindergarten next year. And I knew that, you know, starting my practice sooner than later was going to help me that by the time all my kids were in kindergarten that my practice could be at a level that I could, you know, have more attention to it when my kids are in school full time. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a good experience.
1: So any, um, any final tips you might have for someone who's, you know, either had left the career coming back in, um, Liz, any, any final thoughts that, that you would you would add for someone's kind of in your situation?
0: You know, I think um, just getting involved and putting yourself out there is key. I um, I my approach to marketing is just pretty relationship based and that it's a little bit of a long game where when you build those relationships with people, then the work will follow. Um, I that also is not does not come naturally to me. I'm an introvert and, you know, my first year at divorce camp, I kind of sat off to the sidelines and thought, oh my goodness. But, you know, I, I'm thankful for the move that I made because I think it really forced me to put myself out there and to meet more people than I might have if I'd just been uh, having the inertia of going through my career without having to make big changes. I think I've done things um, that I wouldn't necessarily have done. So I definitely have just worked really hard to introduce myself to people and and to make myself vulnerable as you said jennifer Um, i think you know certainly joining nonprofit boards and other volunteer activities has been really key for me also joining organizations you know afcc has been a really great organization for me i had been familiar with them through their international conferences and had attended several of those when i lived in new mexico but we have such a robust robust um, local chapter here that i was really excited to join and got to meet people that way and so i think just putting yourself out there and finding out what's happening and and making yourself a part of it is the best way to build those relationships so people start to know who you are
1: so uh jennifer i guess you get the the final word what uh tips suggestions uh, pitfalls. Yeah, to avoid. I would
2: say everything, everything that Liz said, absolutely. You have to make yourself vulnerable and put yourself out there. Um, you know, meet as many people as possible. Volunteering, I can't tell you enough that that is going to be huge. Um, and even asking other attorneys that you that you recognize as kind of the top, top in the in your community um asking to shadow them asking them to if you can sh- join a mediation and um shadow um yeah i think all the networking and the volunteering are two of the biggest keys
1: well i want to thank you guys for your time it was uh informative and 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 fun, more than a little fun <laughs> to, to get to know you guys a little bit better i've you know kind of connected with you off and on over the last few years and um it's good to have a chance to talk and learn more about you. So uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks
2: Absolutely. for having me.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um. So next week's podcast is going to be about volunteering, which uh, you, you heard a little bit about as a benefit. Um, and coincidentally, it'll be uh, it'll include uh, Jennifer Stevens and Michelle Camilli, who've been instrumental in getting a volunteer mediation program going in uh, Dakota County. So I I hope you tune in next Thursday at 4. Once again, we have come to the end of an episode. So to my family law colleagues, I say thanks for listening, and I look forward to continuing these discussions. Now take care of yourself and your family so you can take care of your clients and your business.